Welcome to the North Shore 9 Podcast, episode number 171, part of the PodHub Network. I am Ryan Alexander. Along with me, as always, is Anthony DiNardo. DiNardo, what up? What up, what up, what up, Ryan? What is going on? Oh. How are you doing today? <laughs> what is this, like midweek uh, recording the podcast? Yeah, we're uh, literally two days away from NS9 Live. Whoops. Selfless plug. Tune in NS9 Live <laughs> this Thursday. When you're listening to this, it's probably tomorrow, 10 p.m. Check us out, twitch.tv forward slash North Shore Nine. Right, right. So, but it's kind of a good thing we we delayed it a couple days because uh, news just broke of uh, of something that we're obviously going to get into here with the Pirates, and uh, not much else is going on. I mean, I don't want to talk about the product in the field, Donardo. Um, is there anything to talk about? You say product. Uh, well, actually, uh, hold on a second. Has he been good? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weak. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't know been. why it's so low right now, but none anyways. of them have been good. <laughs> but yeah, like the Pirates are playing the Giants right now, and uh, I, I don't know. I haven't even tuned in. I don't really care. So kind of where I'm at. September baseball, baby, for a team that's what twenty some under. Yep. Yep. That's so <laughs> end of podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, Quato's back on the mound though. I mean, that's kind of cool though, isn't it? I mean, I, I guess. But the people that are listening right now probably not. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm like, for your, you know, TFL team maybe, but yeah, for for us, not not really. This is not the market. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to kind of set up the show here, so we have an interview coming up. Um, you know, second half of the show. Uh, with Corey Geiger from the Altoona Mirror just to talk about the Michael Ryan firing that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of leave it for the interview and then uh, we'll come back um, after the interview and kind of give our thoughts on that. A uh, little surprising news, uh, at least at least for me um, on that. So, but first, uh, the Pirates, what, just some news broke, uh, Donardo. The Pirates sent an email out apparently to the media and uh, – so Kyle Crick is apparently injured. Let me just read the press release here. So Kyle Crick underwent extensor tender repair surgery of the index finger on his right hand on Tuesday. The procedure was performed in San Francisco by Who Cares. Uh, he's projected to return to full competition. <laughs> he does really uh, good work, by the way. <laughs> for spring training 2020. The injury occurred as a result of an altercation with Felipe Vasquez in the Pirates clubhouse prior to Monday's game versus the San Francisco Giants. The conduct violated the players' contracts, uh, and they have been fined an undisclosed amount. And then there's some bullshit quote from Neil Huntington, and then the club will have no further comment on this matter. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's one thing, Donardo, for the team just to be bad on the field and just, you know, whatever, a forgetful September and – and we'll move on from here and, and go into next year and in the offseason and everything. But, I mean, Donardo, in the past 20 years, I don't remember, like, an altercation in the Pirates clubhouse ever. And we've had, like, three this year. What's go- what, what, what is going on? Yeah, man. I mean, let's, let, let's think back when the whole Kella situation broke in. You know, I think it was Beer Temple who wrote about it. And, you know, take of what you say, because there are some certainly some players that came out. So that's all BS. But, 
you know, one of the things that he pointed out at that point in time was it almost seemed as if there was like some jealousy, especially between Crick and Vasquez. And the things that he pointed out was what one of them that, you know, Vasquez would wear non MLB approved t-shirts before the game or such, you know, like it was almost like as if he got special treatment. Right. And it was blown over. Actually, was it Crick? I think it was actually Crick who responded to it. Right. (laughs) Now that we're talking about it. It was. Um, But now Ryan, Crick, Vasquez get into a fight in the middle of September. Meaningless baseball is going on. Just what, a month, maybe a month and a half after that article came out with all the other issues, like something's definitely brewing, you know? And, and like you're saying too, like, like there hasn't, like, when's the last time you heard of a, an issue within the clubhouse? I and mean, that's one thing that you that's could right. always preach and talk about with hurdle. You know, we, we mentioned how he's not a great game manager, but this guy keeps the clubhouse together. I mean, this has always been like one big family for his tenure here. And now we're having issues, but the thing is too, like it's I can't say everywhere. Like it's it seems as if it's almost strictly the bullpen. I I'm sorry, I'm I'm losing it over here. I just just something we were talking about pre-show. Um, OJ Simpson's Twitter. Oh, uh, there's God. a tweet. There's a tweet I just read. Someone says, "Man, who agrees to play fantasy football with OJ Simpson?" What? I, I might be done. I'm losing it over here. Ryan, you're crying. Oh my god. I am. I am. It's, it's the, I just I can't get over OJ on Twitter. It's it's fantastic. Um anyway, getting back speaking of altercations, um OJ Simpson. But anyway, yeah, like you said, when was the last time you heard of an issue in the clubhouse before, I don't know, May of this year? Like this is wild. <laughs> right. So, um I don't know what did we all of a sudden we have like, you know, we knew you kind of heard the rumors when Kella was traded to the pirates that, you know, always, oh, he's, he's kind of a clubhouse, uh, you know, cancer. And yeah. He, I he mean, has he's issues. had his, his share of altercations, right? So it, it wasn't totally surprising that that came up, you know, involving Kella early, earlier this year. And then, like you said, Crick, I think spoke up at that point about it. And you heard about the treatment that Vasquez gets and now Crick and Vasquez get into it. I mean, Donato, even if this is Vasquez is allowed to wear approved uh, shirts and he doesn't have to go out in the outfield and shag fly balls during batting practice. I mean, this is like ninth grade shit. What, what are we doing here? I mean, these guys just, and now, you know, Crick tried to take on the whole, uh, the whole Reds team and Puig uh, that day. So maybe it's just Crick's looking for a fight. I don't know. I mean, let's not, let's not, you know, take away the fact that Vasquez and Keller also did. True. So, So, you know, I guess maybe you got some, some bold personalities in that bullpen, which of course is always a good thing. Right. So our, our bullpen, we got some guys that want to, they want to fight. They're, they're fiery guys. So. But it's just like all this is hitting at once, and it just happens to ha- you know hit when the Pirates are twenty under and they're really bad, and and obviously you don't want an altercation to come out that injures one of your players, no. <laughs> you know. So now I mean they <laughs> say you know ideal, he'll be right. back for you know spring training next year, but you know who knows? I mean the you know injury, you know had surgery on his finger. I mean who, who the heck knows? But. Uh, yeah, it's just wild, man. And that's the thing, like you mentioned about hurdle, like hurdles never had these issues before. So yeah, it's, it's easy to point to him and say, well, here's the problem. 
But I mean, what what else? I mean, is it just Hurdle completely lost this clubhouse? Does he just not care? And he's kind of mailing things in and like, eh, whatever. Or is it just these guys' tempers just boiled over at this point and, and they don't care? But, I mean, it, you have to look at Hurdle, right? Well, think about this, Ryan. I, I, I'm with you on that. Think about this aspect. You know, okay, when you're winning, things go well. And when you lose, things tend to flare up, right? So part of me thinks like, okay, well, this team, like you mentioned, is 20 under. Like this hasn't been a good season. So maybe, you know, people are losing it. But let's let's think about something else. Let's go back. Like the team didn't win last year. The team didn't win the year before that. Right. Crick, you know, Vasquez is on all three years. Crick was on all of last year too. You know, again, as you've mentioned, you haven't seen these problems in the past. And the Pirates have not won for three years. So, like, I can't equate this to, you know, the Pirates have had such, such success. And now, all of a sudden, in 2019, they're not good. And therefore, the tempers are flared and things are going overboard, you know. So, I think it, it more or less goes back to the fact that, like, what you're saying. And I feel like even more reason, like, this starts from the top. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's easy to point at that, but you have to. I mean, he's the leader of the clubhouse and right. never really had these issues. But like you said, t- you know, there's terrible teams every year. There's teams that are 40 under and, you know, 100 lost seasons and mm-hmm. terrible teams. And you don't, and there's you don't good really teams. see this. You, you know, don't see this three times throughout the year. Right, right. Well, I was going to say, there's, I mean, good teams have it too. I mean, Papelbon and Bryce Harper, although it's more of a Papelbon situation. Uh, I don't think we have a Papelbon player on our team. So, again, like I just look at this and just, you know, if you, you, if what you're really good at was the clubhouse, right, you can't keep that together anymore. So, again, let's go back to what I think you and I have both said this year plenty of times. Like, what is it? Oh, man, I wish I had that drop. What is it that you do here? What, what would you say <laughs> you do here? Right. You know, I mean, you're not a great in-game manager, Clint Hurdle. The thing that you were peak at was the clubhouse, you know, bringing a lot out of your guys. You can't do that anymore, it seems. So why are you here? I think this is just more reason that it's – can't stop at Michael Ryan, which we'll get at a little further here. But you know, the more reason why, yes, like Sarage has to go. You know, you are not re-upping that contract. He gone. And I really just feel like Hurl has to as well. You have to change this clubhouse. I just really think you have to get a whole new mentality in here. Everything. just It's got to it's gotta be fresh for next year. Completely. Yeah. This it, is I, stale. And I think it, the players feel it's stale because they're fighting people now. It took the word right out of my mouth. It's absolutely stale. And you got, you got players, you know, fighting bullpen coaches. You got players fighting with players injuring the other one where they got to have surgery. Uh, I mean, it's just, yeah. Like what, what else at this point? Like if you're Huntington, look, I mean, Crick, Kella and Vasquez are all scheduled to be here next year. They're all, you know, still under contract from the pirates. So you know, what do you do here? Are you getting rid of Kella? Are you getting rid of Crick? Or are you just going to fire the manager because he's lost things? And plus, he isn't a good in-game manager like you just mentioned. So, like I said, I, I don't know. We're, you'll kind of once we get into this interview, we'll see here, you know, uh, with the whole Michael Ryan thing, if it was the if it's the first move of many of a kind of a clear, clear, clearing house. But I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just. 
like you know, you know, I'm there. I know you you want them to to, to clear house at least with Searage and Hurdle, but I I don't know. I don't know if they'll pull the trigger and yeah, it's getting ugly though. It's getting ugly uh, with these altercations and and everything else. Yeah, it's just not good. I mean, it, it's kind of funny, and this helped us out because you and I were both we were just talking about what are we going to talk about on this show today. <laughs> Because, yeah. again, talk about stale. It seems that we talk about the same thing, you know, at times, week over week. Uh, and this literally happened, what, I text you five minutes before we were getting ready to get on? <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's so, what we could talk about. Right. But it just, it, it's just, it, this, this isn't good. This is not good one bit. So how do you think he injured just his finger? <laughs> like, do you think he was pointing? Know. Do you think he was pointing at Vasquez? And Vasquez grabbed his grabbed his <laughs> index finger. That is interesting. <laughs> I don't know. It's like you know, I I, I, don't, I don't know. This this team's going up shit's creek. <laughs> so I said, I was just let it burn, burn it all to the ground. Let it burn, or, or at least let it at least burn. The co- at least the coaching staff. You're already firing double A managers and single A managers. Why not? Why not the Why not the big league guy? Yeah. Um, so let, let, just a quick update here. I wanted to update everybody on our. I guess we'll talk some on field. Um, the Brian Reynolds batting title uh, update. I don't know. Um, it's It's not looking good. He's seven points behind uh, Anthony Rendon. Uh, Rendon's got three thirty five. Uh, Yellich at 329, but Yellich, I think, just left the game, got injured tonight. Um, and then Cattell Marte at 329, and then Reynolds at 328. So, still some time Seven for him to now. do some damage. What's that? 327 now, actually. Uh, you're, so, you're updating in-game. That's very nice. Oh, yes. Yeah. Gotta, I mean, you got to do something right. I don't, I don't need I don't, you coming at me. I don't need to regurgitate <laughs> my own quote when asking me what I do here. I got. I had to find what, something. What would you say you do here? Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be tough for him to win it unless unless Rendon goes on a pretty big slump over here over the next uh, couple weeks. But Rendon's been pretty strong, man, all oh, year. Man, Three thirty-five. Yeah, he's Ooh. been great. He's awesome. I feel the same way. It's 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 over. Unfortunately, I don't think the Rookie of the Year or the uh, batting title is going to go to Reynolds. But that does not discredit anything that he's done this year. I mean, he has been fantastic, and I do believe. This wasn't mine. This is not what I do here. <laughs> I want to quote. I think it was uh, Alex Stump. I saw tweeted out today. I don't even confirm it, but I think he has like the the highest WAR of any Pirates rookie player. There you go. I'll double check uh, that. We'll I mean, tweet, we'll tweet that or retweet it later. It, if but it anyways, if it, it isn't, goes to show what what he has been doing. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense too because you know, Lord knows the Pirates. You know rookies usually come up and either struggle at least at, at, you know, recently of recent years, or they don't, you know, they just, they don't play them like right off the bat for a long time. So uh, it's probably, if it's not, it's probably like back, you know, Clemente or something like somebody, something back in the day, Ralph Kiner or something, but yeah, it's probably about right. He's been, he's been very good. Very good. <laughs> he's been as, very good. Yeah. Go. You know, it's funny. Like we were saying that that has been like the pirates MO. I mean, we talked about Branson, you know, one of the reasons he needed to go, it seemed like every prospect hit until they got to the majors. And then it was quite the opposite this year. Every, everyone that that's coming up and hitting is, is like young. I mean, Reynolds comes up, he hits Newman comes up, he hits 
When has this happened before? <laughs> right. Uh, do you see Steel City? <laughs> He's over there getting in fights with Rays fans. It's like, who gets into fights with Rays fans? And they're, they're arguing about <laughs> who's better, Reynolds or Meadows. <laughs> So he's in a fight with four people. Yeah. And they're like blocking him. I'm like, dude, you're going to block the whole Tampa Bay race fan base. <laughs> or you're going to get blocked by the whole fan base. But I'm like, yeah, I didn't know Ray's had fans to fight with on Twitter. Wow. This is something I got to check out. Anyway. Um, do you have anything else of note here, Donardo, regarding the pirates before we get into this interview? Um, do we want to just talk about Marvel's start? Just briefly. I mean, I didn't watch I, it. If if you want to talk was, about uh, it, go it ahead. Was, it, was, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> what I want to say about it is, I mean, he did exactly what he's been doing in the minors. He didn't really strike people out. He was pitching to contact, but it was all very, very weak contact. And, you know, he looked good. And then his last inning in the fifth, you know, he gave up some hits and he allowed, ended up, you know, allowing, what, three? Um. Two runs, two, 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 yeah. two runs, four hits. Yeah. Had one stranded, but uh, it was it was it was okay. <laughs> it, just, it just seems like he's one of those guys. Like you know, he's put up some decent numbers and he could help out, but um, I, I don't know what to take of him. Um, well, I I appreciate you not throwing any Marvel pun in there in your uh, talk, as uh, you did on Twitter over and over again the other night. <laughs> um, but oh, man, I was excited on Sunday. I just see, I just see Marvel as he's like another guy up from triple a, like the miners, like we're trying to find, you know, they were just throwing anybody up there trying to throw something at the wall to, to stick. And it's kind of like Agrizol, like just doesn't strike many guys out. He's had success in the miners. Like I'll give him that. But I mean, he's striking out 6.8 per nine in the minors. So like that goes to the majors. I mean, you think he's going to get success off of, you know, six strikeouts per nine. And, you know, if he's pitching nice. to contact and he's got to locate and he's got to have a defense behind him, Pittsburgh's probably not the place to really succeed at if you need a defense behind you. So, I mean, heck, he, he's had a, he had a fantastic year at triple a. Um, like I said, I, I hope he does well. I just, I'm not, yeah, I'm not overly excited for it but but he pitched right well. yeah that's like kind of where i'm at too i mean that's probably not the type of pitcher that's gonna succeed right now when you have josh bell and adam frazier and colin Rand in the infield but <laughs> you know again like the numbers were, were decent the thing that gets me about him i guess maybe different than nagrizal as well is he's got a bit of deception like his windup is just crazy yeah he's just so jittery on there and it's not timed. I mean, there'll be times like he he'll just just, just shake. Like, he looks like he has a spasm up there. And he'll just shake for like twenty <laughs> times and then start to wind up. And other times he does like two, twice, three times. It, Almost a little bit of like uh, speaking of Johnny Cueto here, like like Cueto, like how he does his shimmy. It was never the same. That was almost the sense of of like Marvel on there, except it wasn't a shimmy. It was it was the jitterbug. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but like, it's kind of like at least adds that like bit of deception, you know, deceives the batter a little bit. You know, it's not the same every time. So, um, I don't know. I I'm intrigued. I want to see more of him. I'll put it that way because he was interesting to watch pitch. 
Um, it's kind of like one of those, like, you're like, how did he get through the minors with like nobody <laughs> telling him to change that, change that, like, you know, delivery and everything, you know, especially with the pirates I think right, they tinker right. and, and screw something up. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it goes. He looked Dude, calm and confident though. I'll tell you that much. And, and, you know, talk about the, you know, home runs in baseball and in the minors and everything this year. Dude didn't give up many home runs this year. So, right. Um, right. You know, that's been pretty steady, pretty through the whole minors. So um, and doesn't give up many hits. So I don't know. We'll see. But you cut, you come in in today's game in baseball and, you know, you don't strike out many. I just it's like really tough to to get by. You know, we go back to the whole Trevor Williams thing which Trevor Williams. You know, it was like last year. It was like, how, how's he doing this? I, I don't know. We're like throwing our hands up. Right. And, uh, you know, this year, obviously. He, he's been battling, but he hasn't definitely not been as good as he was last year for sure. Um, but anyway, uh, anything else, Donardo? No, no, let's get into this interview. I'm interested. All right. So, yeah, Donardo's he takes a break during this interview. So, uh, I'll, <laughs> Again, I'll be what back. is it that you do here? <laughs> yeah, definitely don't interview Corey Geiger. Um, so, so I'll be back uh, in just a minute with uh, Corey Geiger of the Altoona Mirror. Now, uh, from the Altoona Mirror is Corey Geiger, who's been, uh, you know, obviously covering the Altoona Curve for quite some time and probably uh, pretty up to date on this story with Michael Ryan than anybody. So, uh, Corey, welcome to the show. And uh, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Ryan. I appreciate you having me, buddy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, what I was kind of saying when we talked off off air here was, so, you know, Donardo and I, my co-host, we've been pretty, uh, pretty surprised by this news and um, you know, so kind of a, a little bit of history here. I went to IUP and I actually interviewed Michael Ryan, uh, on like sports talk live, the IUP, like radio station way, way back when he was a rookie with the twins at that point, but always kind of followed him after that. And, um, you know, he always seemed like he was liked by his, his players and everything since becoming the manager at Altoona and, um, obviously had the, you know, the wins and the, in the titles behind it, um, there. So, you know, I, I've been kind of touting him as, Clint Hurdle's possible replacement for the past year and a half. So this news kind of kind of was a little surprising to us. So I guess just take us back to like when you first found out and you know what you found out from there and when talking with Michael and and just basically like what happened here. Yeah, I've known Michael uh, for a number of years. Uh, he's been the manager here for three years. I I've had a lot of great conversations with Michael Ryan. I have tremendous respect for him. He's a very honest guy. He, he's just a he's just a real person right he's not right. fake about him you know he, he, he's honest which when you're in the media as i am it's hard to get honesty from a lot of people but michael <laughs> right. ryan is you know he's just a straight shooter he, he tells like it is he's a good baseball man so a couple weeks ago as i do with every manager toward the end of a curve season i, I try to just get a feel for whether they're going to be back or not next year I never really thought Michael was going to be back here next year because he's been in double A for three years now. 
and he's been an exceptional double-A manager. There, there's no reason to really come back to double-A for a fourth year. Right. Now, the, the personal stuff is this. Michael's from Indiana, PA, uh, and he's got boy, uh, two young boys. I think they're 12 and 10 years old. He lives in Pittsburgh. So he's got a great job in Altoona. He gets to be with his wife and kids every day almost. So being in double-A for Michael Ryan would be different than any old other manager being in double-A for for multiple years. Right. Still, having said that, I didn't think that Michael would, would want to come back to double-A for, for the fourth year. And I thought, hey, well, what are the Pirates going to offer you? They offered him the triple-A job last year. Before last year, that's how that's how highly the Pirates thought of Michael Ryan before last year. Right. That I, you know, I've got sources that told me they offered him the AAA job, but he wanted to be around his family, which makes perfect sense. Do you want to be in Altoona, a hundred miles from Pittsburgh, or do you want to be in Indianapolis, a, a, a six seven hour drive from from Pittsburgh? So that's a little bit of the background. That and when I talked to Michael, I was talking to him really of hey, well, surely the Pirates like you, you know, if they want to bring you back, what do you want to do? Well, he, he's even thinking in the back of his mind he might get a job on the big league staff next year. Mm-hmm. That, that's how far removed from, from the, end up the reality of what happened that we kind of were. In no way was he, and certainly in no way was I, thinking, oh, the Pirates are just going to get rid of you because – that was so far beyond the realm of belief at that point that it, it never even considered my mind. Right. So, I mean, I guess as moving forward, I mean, you know, obviously this happened. So I guess uh, what, what's the timeline of things? So I, I think you had, um, I don't know if it was Tim Williams. I believe it was Tim Williams that had tweeted out and basically saying that, that the pirates had offered Michael a, a position within the organization, basically not with managing and, and he wanted to continue to manage. So is that, I mean, is that what happened here? Or, I mean, what, do you know what position they offered him or was it something more in development or was this kind of like over? Uh, Cause like you said, I mean, his track record as a manager was, was pretty good. And he always seemed, at least from our, our side of things, he seemed to be liked by, you know, his players and kind of a more, uh, you know, uh, a, a player's coach in that aspect. And like it, it was just like, well, what happened here? He, he does he want to just keep managing, and the Pirates wanted him to go into a different role, or was it hey, more uh, like Foreman, a development thing? Foreman, hey Foreman of our construction company, I'm going to make you a third shift guy, and, and you're going to be number forty on a totem pole. <laughs> is, is that offering somebody a job? Hey, a lead salesperson in the office, you you've done a killer job for us for five years. We're gonna we're gonna now make you the number thirty seven salesperson in the office. We're going to cut your salary. Right. Is that offering a is that offering a person a job, Ryan? Because that's a demotion, and that's a slap in the face. I do not know specifically what job the Pirates might have offered Michael Ryan, but I can tell you it would have been a slap in the face no matter what it was, because he wants to manage. And if they were offering some kind of rover position or something that was, actually some of the rover jobs can be pretty good, but if they were offering something that uh, was not along the lines of what a guy thought, hey. I've won 500 games for your organization in seven years. I've won two titles for your organization in seven years. Uh, now you want me to just be some lackey? Is that really an offer? See, see that's where the, I think the Pirates were in cover-your-rear mode by saying that because they, they, it, makes them, okay. it makes people think, okay, hey, 
you know, at least we offered the guy something. We didn't just flat fire him and say, go away. Well, right. if you offer if you offer somebody really nothing, are you offering them something? Yeah, and, and that's what's so weird about it, because it, it's like, obviously, like you just said, if they offered him a lower uh, position within the organization, basically to keep him, but like you said, last year, you know, the report was out there. They they offered him a triple A job. Well, obviously they thought highly yeah. of him. So if you want to keep somebody around in your organization, why not keep them as, as, as your manager or move them up? Or, or like you said, on the big league staff, which, you know, that's kind of brings me to my next question. Like, do you, do you believe, um, you know, just covering the team and everything you've seen and heard, do you believe this is just a one-off, you know, okay, we'll let him go his way, you know, different ways and, and we'll move on. Or do you think this is the first of, of many moves to kind of clean house, uh, I guess, you know, as an organization? Well, they also let go Wyatt Teragas, the, yep. the, the manager in, in, in A-ball, um, which is another domino. And with, with a high degree, excuse me, of expertise, I can really only talk about the Alcina Curve and Michael Ryan. I've covered the team for 21 years. Uh, I know Michael very well. I don't know what they were thinking with Wyatt Teragas. I, I, I don't. I, I don't have insight into that line of thinking or what their reasoning is but when you're firing your high a manager and your double a manager you're scapegoating people that that's that's my belief because what you're telling people there ryan is that okay if 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 we've got some problems with development and fundamentals with some of these guys that are now getting to the big leagues who are we going to blame you're not really going to blame the triple a manager. Okay. Guys get to triple a after they've been in the minors for three, four, five years. If you're going to tell, if you're going to tell your fan base, Hey fans, we know we're terrible this year. We know that when players get to the big leagues, they struggle fundamentally. Here's what we did about it. We fired these two minor league managers. (laughs) That's scapegoating people. And again, I, I cannot speak with any degree of, of expertise on what kind of manager or baseball man Wyatt Terragas is. Never been around. Don't know it. Don't have the foggiest clue. Michael Ryan is a tremendous baseball man and a tremendous developer of fundamentals with his players. So there, there's no legitimate reason for the Pirates to look at Michael Ryan and say, you have failed us in these areas developing the, these players from a baseball standpoint. And that's key from a baseball standpoint. Because if you read the quotes that Michael said that he was told from the Pirates, and there's more to this story from that standpoint. We'll get into that in just a second about the communication part. But here are the quotes that Michael said that he was told uh, in in a very broad manner, because this caught him out out of the blue. He said, let me find it. There are some things as far as relaying the pirate culture and the different off-the-field things I could have done better at as far as meetings and things that they want done. Okay, so Michael Ryan was strapped with a mediocre to subpar double-A roster this year. They struggled. So I I just want to encapsulate it. A year ago, they wanted him to be the triple-A manager. Mm Mm-hmm. This year, they, they saddle him with a mediocre to subpar double-A roster. He does the best thing that he possibly could with. There were no prospects on the team most of the year. They did get O'Neill Cruz later on, and 
you know, guys like James Marvel, who put his wealth today for the – there were some mid-level prospects. But this was the worst prospect team in Altoona that we've had in six years. All right. So Michael's trying to develop these guys as baseball players. Mm-hmm. He's, trying to, he's trying to get the most that he can out of this team as, a, as baseball players because he's a baseball man. And yet the Pirates want a culture of what a pirate is. We want you to have meetings with these guys. We want you to to talk them up. We want you to be buddies with them. We want you to make them feel good. Well, what the hell does that have to do with trying to make them better baseball players? Now, look, they do go hand-in-hand to some degree. But Michael made them better. He made them the best possible baseball players that this group could be this year. All right. It just was not a good team, and they had ups and downs. They finished two games under 500, which is really the best possible scenario you could have asked for at the beginning of the year. And yet the Pirates, their issue is, hey, you're not good at developing our culture. We, we want you to do some other things here as far as meetings with players and, and things like that. That's, that's what really you look at it and you think, really, Pittsburgh Pirates – Really, that's what you're going to to hang your hat on is you've got a good baseball man, a phenomenal representative of your of your organization. Michael Ryan is a phenomenal representative of the Pittsburgh Pirates, extremely well spoken from Indiana, loves Pittsburgh sports, Pirates, Pit, uh, Steelers, Penguins. He's a tremendous representative of the Alton Curve. Speaks very glowingly of the city history the knowledge and his his of uh, uh, the city's history what the curve mean to this city he can speak at length in the community on any of this stuff he is the perfect guy to be a manager in a minor league city and you fire him see that that's where you add up all these pieces and it just makes the pirates look so bad because yeah I got I got sixteen positives over here from Michael Ryan. Right. I got two, I got two negatives. He doesn't have meetings, and you don't think he's doing a great job building the culture. Well, get some perspective on, on what you're really trying to accomplish, and I don't think you do that by screwing over good people because he's not buddy buddy with all the players like Clint Hurdle tried to be. Well, and you know, he's, we talk about a lot on here. It's you know, we're we're pretty much done with hurdle, and and look, the pirates do a lot of things that are head scratchers to you know, obviously at the at the top level, and and then when you see something like this, and it's one thing when you say, well, you can't say, well, you know, they had a bad year this year, so we're firing them because of that. When you know, the year before they win the title, and and really, in, they'll, they'll say in the bottom line is you know, wins in the minors isn't everything, obviously. Um, right, correct. But if, if you look at the players, like, and I have nothing to base this off of, I didn't research this or any stats, but it just seems like a lot of the prospects that come through the organization, at least the ones that, that get to Pittsburgh and, and are, are playing a pretty significant amount of time, it seems like they perform better in Altoona than they kind of do when they get to Indy. They get to Indy and they kind of get, I don't know, they're, they're, they're there too long or maybe too early, and they kind of just get stuck in, like, limbo. It just always seems like the numbers are better at Altoona than it is Indy. Now, I don't know if, if, if you agree with that or, or whatever, but I mean, it's just, this is another head scratcher from the Pirates organization to us. I mean, it's just, well, the Pirates philosophy is to get the, 
I've had disagreements with Pirates fans from this perspective because they just don't understand the way things work in the minor leagues. They only look at double AA, A, triple A up. Because mm-hmm. I've pointed out several times, the Pirates they they kind of rush their guys through the minor leagues. Through the minor leagues, uh, they move guys up a year or two ahead of time. You know, compared to league averages and things like that. And and some Pirates fans are saying, "Well, yeah, but they keep these guys in triple A for a long time." Well. <laughs> That's a different story. Those are contractual things. Those right. are super two types of deals. Those are things that we can't. Those are service time issues. They move. They they, they move twenty twenty one twenty two year old guys to double A a lot more than they ever used to before. The Cole Tuckers, the Cabron Hayes, the O'Neill Cruises of the world. We we never saw those guys. Excuse me. Get to double A. You know, so early, eight, ten years ago. So the Pirates have had this whole, well, why is that, Ryan? Well, you got to get them to the minor leagues so that you can get them to that big league level and they're still young enough to where you can sign them to that early contract, buy right. out the arbitration year. See, there's a, there's a method to the madness with all this. They did it starting with Jose Tabata, Starling Marte, Andrew McCutcheon, Gregory Polanco. They've done it with all – you. To do that with guys, you've got to start that process. They've got to get to the big leagues and prove themselves by 23, 24 years old. You need to find out about them. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. If you look at the state college spikes roster, they're a rookie league, New York Penn League affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals. They had like eight 23-year-olds on their roster. This is rookie ball. This is four steps below the right. curve. Eight 23-year-olds. I think they had a 24-year-old. Okay? The Cardinals don't worry about that crap. The Cardinals, they'll, they'll draft college guys while the Pirates get a lot of high school guys. The Cardinals can take their time. They win. They can get free agents. They can, they can a, 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 appeal to other guys to come in and sign with them. Everything the Pirates do is built on the foundation of we have to do this internally. So, again, I know I'm kind of building up a whole mountain here, but I want people <laughs> to think of the whole process. They send these guys to AA pretty quickly. Then they send them to AAA pretty quickly. Are the Pirates doing these guys favors by promoting everybody as quickly as they are through A-ball and through AA? It- okay. Jared Hughes – spent full parts of four seasons in double-A. Yeah. Most people have no concept of that. Jared Hughes spent parts of four seasons in double-A, been in the big leagues 10 years. Right. So nowadays, if a guy gets more than 100, 120 games in double-A, it's a little surprising if he's a pretty good player. So, again, when you, when you think all these things through, I think the Pirates' development philosophy of moving these guys so quickly, then if you want to scapegoat to minor league manager because he's not – building the right culture well that manager is is charged with making these guys the best possible baseball players that he can when he's got one of the youngest teams in the league you see how this you see how it's a complicated process right and it's weird too you mentioned that and because the public perception is that the pirates are are slow to move these guys but you in yeah but you're right. Like once they get the triple A, like I mean, we talked. We've talked about Andrew McCutcheon for years. Where Andrew McCutcheon had like 900 at bats in triple A before he finally got the call. It's like you either you rush him to triple A well, and I then they, and then they wait for that that service time that you know the super two. Correct. 
but it's yeah. like you rush people to get there and then they just kind of sit and, and tread water and trip away forever. Yeah. So, and that is, look, these are all, these are, none of these are necessarily specific to the Michael Ryan decision, but right. they are all part of the whole process that the pirates are going through that when you take, when you try to consider everything that they're trying to do with their organization, a lot of it's good. Ryan, the curve has made the playoffs most years mm-hmm. in the past decade. They've won a title. Uh, we've seen good players through here. The Pirates have drafted well and developed these guys pretty well. So that's why when you fire Michael Ryan and you fire Wyatt Terragas, when both of those guys have managed a lot of these players that are now in the big leagues, it, it, it's head-scratching. Well, the the Pirates sure uh, – that's the thing. You talk about the culture and the, they want to build their culture, and it's like – well, from what we've seen so far the last, you know, four years, it's like anything. I don't want anything towards what, you know, Curdle and Huntington think the culture is because it hasn't been working. So, well, um, let me just throw this out because I do want to make sure before we're done, we talk about communication. I don't know what your day job is. I hope if you do a good job, your boss tells you every now and then. Right. I hope that if you're, I hope that whatever you're doing, if you're in construction, if you're a salesman, if, if you're in an office somewhere, that if you're doing a good job, you have a good feeling that you're going to keep that job, right? right. I, for, for anybody. I would hope that your bosses tell you, and, and so that you're, you're not hanging out on a limb. You're not just flying in the wind about what your job's going to be in a week or two or three. You see, so when the pirates, this is unbelievably ironic. When the Pirates mention that, or when Michael Ryan tells me that the Pirates weren't necessarily comfortable with, you know, the way he was building the culture and, and trying to have meetings with some of these guys, the Pirates don't tell Michael Ryan anything, ever. The guy did his job every day, and with a week to go in the season, had no concept of how they felt about him. That wow. He had no idea how they felt that if they wanted him back if they were going to fire him, which they ultimately – because they don't tell anybody that. Mm-hmm. You see, this is, this is the, the, the respect and culture part that you can point right at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Kyle Stark, Larry Broadway, the way their organization operates, they keep everybody in the dark. It's a cloak of secrecy. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't communicate well with their minor league affiliates. A game will start at 7 o'clock. There will be a transaction made at 6.50. <laughs> Okay. Now, maybe if the Pirates just decided at 650 that they were going to make a transaction, fine. But the PR people for these minor teams get the news at 650 that somebody's on the roster. You mean to tell me that decision was made at 650? Come on. <laughs> right. It's right. poor communi- communication. It's poor organizational skills. It is poor word of mouth downward from the top bosses. In the, I wrote this in the Altoona Mirror. Neil Huntington has a job. Michael Ryan is better at his job than Neil Huntington was better is at his job. So the wrong person got fired. Right. Kyle Stark has a job. Michael <laughs> Ryan is better than Kyle Stark is at his job. The wrong person got fired. Larry Broadway, the farm director, has a job. Michael Ryan got fired. The wrong person. So you, you see, if you're going to scapegoat somebody, you had better damn well make sure that you're awesome at your job because they just fired somebody who was pretty awesome at you. Well, and, and that's kind of why, like, I'm um... – you know, I'm waiting to see the rest of the moves that come because I want to see if they're clear in house, but I, I kind of doubt it. And 
you know, well, we they can... can't. They're they're not going to fire Neil Huntington and, and and Clint Hurdle to make them go away. They still have to pay them money. Right. You can fire a fifty, sixty thousand dollar minor league manager, and and kind of put blame on him because it's it's so under the radar and it won't cost you money. Which at the end of the day, I mean. It's laughable almost to to fire a double A manager and use him as the scapegoat. I mean, for for some of the players that, oh, you know, they've come up and they're not ready. I mean, you know, we saw all the injuries the Pirates had. We saw how they didn't go out in the off season and, and really get any depth in case there were injuries to the rotation or bullpen. Yeah, and that's what happens. And then you know, the one guy you sign offensively, well, you sign two guys. You bring Gung back, who you know strikes out thirty some percent of the time, and you know homers maybe once every three games. And then you bring Lonnie Chisinau in, who ends up, you know, injury prone, gets injured again. So, you know, they they have only themselves to blame. But like you said, it's it's laughable, and I think most people in Pittsburgh see it that oh, it's the Pirates. They're going to fire a Double A manager and blame it on that. And hey, it, most people don't care about the Double A manager, right? What I'm telling you is, they fired a great human being. Right. They fired a guy that they should cherish for the way he goes about his job. I, I agree. And I, that's, what, that's what I wanted to ask you, too, because, you know, I, I love Michael Ryan. Like I say, well, I, I've been touting him for for the, you know, eventual hurdle replacement. He was in the organization. He's a local guy. Um, he was having good success in the minors. Like, it just it's the young, you know, kind of the young trend around baseball that you're seeing with managers, you know, Aaron Boone and uh, you know, all these guys that are they're, they're Rocco Bodelli, the younger guys that are getting into managing. So I was hoping the Pirates would go that route, but it looks like it's going to be kind of more of the same. So let me let me ask you, I guess, as far as, you know, you kind of got into it, but, you know, what kind of manager was was Michael Ryan, like, uh, that, from what you could see? You know, he, he won. He cared about winning. He didn't want to lose. Uh, that's not always the most important thing in the minor leagues. <coughs> Excuse me. But he made really good smart baseball moves during games. I can't say that about Clint Hurdle. Um, he handled his players uh, exceptionally well in the clubhouse. He held them accountable. If players messed up, he called them out on it. And you know what? Maybe the Pirates didn't like that. Um, a good eight times this year, Michael Ryan told me that the players on his team, some of them were selfish. Mm-hmm. You ever heard Clint Hurdle call players selfish? No, no, because he won't do that because right. that's not that doesn't go over well in the clubhouse. But Michael Ryan had a team that was selfish. It was clear. It was obvious to everybody. These guys were playing for their own numbers. And so maybe he was too honest. Maybe they didn't like the fact that he was, you know, would would, would call guys out instead of being their buddy. I mean, that's that's maybe a, 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 a legitimate part of what they were thinking. But, hey, <laughs> I live my life trying to be honest with people. I think if guys are being selfish, you should tell them, and, and, and they need to figure it out. These, these are big boys. This is a professional sport. They, they've, got, they've got to understand that uh, there are repercussions if they're going to be indeed selfish. Right. Um, no, I, and I appreciate you for your honesty in this interview, too. Um, and kind of last question here off the – the Michael Ryan thing, this is more for my co-host as he's enamored with uh, O'Neill Cruz. So I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, Cruz got called up, you know, again, age 20, uh, pretty, pretty young age for double A. Um, 
you know, was off to a pretty good start. What, what have you seen from, from Cruz so far uh, since he's been at Altoona? Exciting guy. <laughs> has a ch- chance to be an exciting guy at the plate. Um, this may evoke some good feelings or some bad feelings for Pirates. He looks like Gregory Polanco. He's, <laughs> okay. he's six, six, the body style. When you watch him run, uh, I mean, you, you don't see a lot of six foot six guy, a similar body style and everything. So you watch him run from first to third. You watch him round third coming home. I mean, it's like, wow, is that Polanco? You know? Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of similarities to the, the, the frame, the body style, that kind of stuff. Uh, and O'Neill Cruz has uh, a chance to be a good – he's 20 years old. Okay, mm-hmm. again, should he be in double-A? Well, hey, okay. But he has a chance to, to prove himself to be a good hitter. Um, he will not be a shortstop. <laughs> okay, that was my he, next he question. Will, he, will <laughs> he, he will not. Uh, there's no sense in spending a lot of time on a six-foot-six shortstop. You know, you know what the tallest shortstop in the history of Major League Baseball is for a season? Six-four. Okay, yep. That's that's for a reason. Okay. Uh O'Neill Cruz has, is long and lanky. There's extra mechanics in the whole process. He was not good defensively here. Again, he's twenty years old. I'm guessing he'll get some time at shortstop maybe to start next year, but then we'll start to see some of the, the transition to the outfield. Okay. Uh there there's just no way first of all, I think Kevin Newman can compete for batting titles. So he he's your shortstop, even maybe to me over Cole Tucker. Okay. So you might as well find another start finding another position now. Get O'Neill Cruz 200 games in the minor leagues as an outfielder, right. not another hundred as a shortstop and 50 as an outfielder, and then call him up that way. You see what I'm saying? That's part of the process of let's figure out what's going on here, uh, and I think that's probably going to start to happen next year with that transition. Okay. Well, no, that that was definitely since since that trade happened with you know Tony Watson, we we were uh, kind of intrigued by Cruz. I mean, anytime you said like that frame, uh, six foot six shortstop, uh, and as you said, the, the similarities with Polanco. Let's hope that he's uh, a little less uh, he can slide and a little less injury prone than than Polanco because Polanco sure uh, seems like he finds ways to injure himself out there sometimes. But uh, but anyway, Corey, I, we appreciate you coming on and and doing this and. Um, you know, like I said, going through the whole Michael Ryan firing, and uh, I guess uh, moving forward, like have you talked to him? Like, so he he definitely he's looking into staying and managing. Yes, he is. Uh, I'll I'll text him every now and then. I know I know him. Excuse me, very very well. Um, nothing will probably announce for a while. My guess would be he'll uh, uh, start with, uh, in another organization as a manager in Double A AA or Triple A next year. Probably not Triple A. It might be hard for him to go straight into a Triple A job, but he may he may have to go back to Double A, and he may stay in the Eastern League because these uh, these cities are close to Pittsburgh, and he can he can right. be around his family. There's no reason for him to go manage in Double A in Texas <laughs> right. uh, or, or Florida if he can stay in the Eastern League, maybe at Akron which to me would be unbelievably ironic. I could spend an hour telling you the history between the Altoona Curve and Akron. They have, Akron has tormented Altoona forever. Right. Uh, it would not surprise me in the least if, if the Indians say, hey, well, we'll bring on Michael Ryan and we'll put him at Akron, and I can guarantee you Michael Ryan would love beating <laughs> the Pittsburgh Pirates affiliates. If he were with the Indians, oh, that's great. Yeah, and Erie's another one that's not, you know, obviously, Erie, yeah. you know, not far away. Yeah. So, all right, Corey. Well, again, appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, you want to throw out your uh, Twitter handle, uh, kind of get a plug out there for where that people can find you. At 
Corey Geiger, C-O-R-Y-G-I-G-E-R. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm pretty honest. I, I try to tell it like it is. No, you're, you're a good follower. We've been following you for a while. And uh, like I said, when the whole Michael Ryan stuff came down, we, we knew we had to talk to you. So I uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Good stuff, Ryan. Take care, pal. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thanks to Corey again for coming on to the podcast and uh, filling in for Donardo there. And um, I don't know, Donardo, like <laughs> I thought I thought Corey was very, uh, very upfront, very honest and sort of uh, ticked off. And, uh, you know, I went into that interview thinking that, OK, I'm going to I'm going to let this play out with Michael Ryan. I want to see if this is the first of many moves, you know, clearing house this offseason as I believe it was, you know, Tim Williams tweeted out and said, you know, when, when the Pirates fired uh, Matt Wahlbeck, you know, at, at double A, that was the year, the same year they fired Russell, like two months later. So he's like, you know, patience, you know, we'll see what else is coming down the line. Hearing what Corey just kind of told us about how, you know, Ryan was kind of fired for, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, feeding into the culture and wasn't buying in or, or, you know, you know, having these meetings that the pirates wanted him to and things like that. He wasn't buying into the culture. Like to me, that just tells me it is kind of a scapegoat and they're just getting rid of him, and they're just going to keep rolling with hurdle and the status quo. Let's it worries let it me. play out. Okay. Like I'm still going to state that let's let it play out. I mean, Ryan got fired because his season was over. So let's wait until the major league season's over to find out what they're going to do instead of jumping to that conclusion or not. Uh, and this isn't me trying to stand up for the front office and say that they're not going to do it or whatever. But I'm apologist, just saying, like before, You're an apologist. before we go that route, let's wait until the pirate season is over to find out if that's their intention or not. Um, you know, is it a scapegoat? Th- that we will see. It was. I was intrigued hearing you know Corey speak about. Ryan and everything is as well. I mean, no one's more. No one's touted him more on the show than you have. Um, <laughs> right. Obviously, you know, you've talked, you know, we were speculating on possible managers, as you mentioned to Corey as well. And, you know, Michael Ryan might be one of them. That was, that was kind of your guy as a possibility. Um, a couple I'd things. Loved him. I thought it, I thought it made a hundred percent sense. Right. Right. And like it, it, it does to this degree, like there's a couple of things to this that I want to say. Um, part, part of me, it just feels like. It seems, especially what Corey said, and you know, and what you've heard about Michael Ryan. Because again, like I don't know, and I'm sure like you can equate and say the same thing. Like I don't know, I'm not too close to that situation to have a strong viewpoint. You know, we don't watch the Altoona Curve the way we watch the Pittsburgh Pirates, <laughs> so you know, I can't really say my feelings. Like I can't say on on uh, on Hurdle, but knowing the situation from from Corey and whatnot, it does seem like they lost a good baseball mind. You know, that's certainly something you've heard from almost everyone that talks about him, right? But the other caveat, okay, baseball is in a situation right now where everything is about self-development. The Pirates are ahead of the curve because they found ways 
to beat the system. You know, they 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 found the shift. They found pitch the ground balls and, and whatnot. You know, pitch the contact, get ground balls, get the outs. Like they found all this, all these ways, right, to use the analytics to improve. But but the thing, like the thing we're at right now, Ryan, with baseball is everyone knows that. You know, it's not the small markets, the big markets. Like the way the analytics is going right now is all about self-development. And we're seeing it with the Astros. You know, what do you do well? We're going to make the best out of that. They took Eric Cole. They found out what, you know, they know what he does well, and they made him the best that he can be. It wasn't they got, like, this scheme and said we're going to find all these players to fit our scheme and do this scheme. They're, everyone's taking the what they have and finding a way to make them the best at what they can do so that way they improve. And that starts with the minors. So, you know, and it was Petrello, I think, that tweeted out uh, and more or less said that you're probably going to see a high, high, high turnover with minor league systems right now because of that. So right. the, the, the Michael Ryan firing doesn't shock me in that sense. And, and, and the reason for the firing, especially what Corey mentioned, was that they, he didn't fit their scheme. Like he didn't fit what they're trying to do the pirate way, right? That's where it gets twofold. Well, that's the problem because are the pirates trying to do those self-development things? That's where I'm at. Exactly. Right. Like that's where it's twofold. So if they aren't, if he isn't a fit for what they're trying to do, then I respect the fire. Like I get it. Like that's not what you're trying to do here. He is going rogue or whatever. He, he just isn't a good fit. It's not working out. He's part of the development for double A. It's not a good fit. We got to get rid of him. What I fear, though, is what the Pirates are trying to do. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they should try to fit Michael Ryan's mold, and that should be the Pirate way. You know, right. that's where I'm at. And again, I'm not close enough to the situation to really pinpoint and say what should be done. If the Pirates have an organizational philosophy and Michael Ryan doesn't fit it, then I get the firing. Absolutely. And he could be a great baseball mind. And I don't know the job that was offered as well. You know, they, they still well, seem like one to keep him in the clubhouse, in the system for some whatever reason. But if he's not fitting the philosophy, right, the way, I understand it. But my, my hesitation is what is the Pirates' philosophy and way right now? Exactly. It, it, that's You don't know because – you don't know what's coming next and you don't know, you know, it, like I said, if they end up, we get in the off season and they blow it up and they fire, you know, hurdle searage, then mm -hmm. to me, I guess, I don't know. I guess the firing makes a little more sense. Like they're just getting rid of everybody the whole way down. But the fact that, yeah, I'm really intrigued to know what that job was that they offered them because like Corey said, you know, sounded like, it was basically like a slap in the face. It was something that Michael Ryan wasn't going to do. They may have known that he, he didn't want to do it. And that was kind of their way out and say, well, we offered him a job. Save he didn't, he didn't bit. want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I get Corey's point too. Like, you know, a triple A or a double A manager being back at double A for, for, for a fourth season. That's pretty rare. Uh, now his case, it was a little different. He was a local guy close to home and he, he grew up, you know, a pirate fan a Pittsburgh guy. So it made, you know, it made sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the pirates went in and, and offered him like some kind of development, you know, front office job, 
I don't see why he wouldn't accept that. So I, I, I'm really enjoying I mean, what they offer him, the well, janitor at, at Singaway. <laughs> well, that's what I'm coming from. Like, I couldn't see that because if they offer him like some type of development, they're saying that his development antics doesn't fit their way. So I couldn't see it right. being like, right, like a development. So was it, so was like, it scouting or was it, you know, something else within the organization? Cause he, he, he apparently has a great baseball mind. So that my mindset just thought initially before the quarry thing was, they must have wanted to keep his mind there, like utilize it for something else, not so much the development side. So, again, I don't know. But like you said, I'm very intrigued. I wish one day we could find out. Probably right. not. But, uh, I mean, regardless, at this point, it's, it's moot. doesn't really matter. He's not with the organization anymore. Um, I'm intrigued to find out what what is the next step, just like you're saying. Is, is Hurdle, Searage, possibly Morgan? Is this it? Um, I, I don't know. But... Regardless, it, my thing too is, is this that also part of it too? Because they fired him, and of course, it's the uh, single A uh, manager. Is yeah. this also just that they at this point in time don't fit the mold, or is this also the Pirates are recognizing something and want to go a different direction? So that's like the other thing to this as well. Are the Pirates recognizing what they have to do, and that's why they want to change it, or is just I hope, this, but you know, you know what I mean? That's that's. Kind of also where I'm at. Like, could this be some self recognition? You know, some self awareness, and the pirates are seeing that they have to do something's different, and therefore they're moving. You know, moving on. I, I don't know. It, it, it's confusing because when Corey says that, and and I didn't know this either. That and I think you know, I don't think it was public, really public information, but it was there was you know a report or a source that had said the Pirates had offered Michael Ryan the AAA job last year. Right. Um, so if that was the case, he turned it down, stayed at AA because he wanted to stay local, um, and then they offered him some job this year. If, if, if they really wanted to keep him and they liked his baseball mind and they wanted to keep him around, why offer him a lower-tier job, which I don't know what it could have been, but why offer him a job where he felt wasn't, you know, it was it was beneath him or, or at least beneath what he had been doing. And then basically like force, I mean, force him out, essentially fire him and say, well, we don't want you to be the manager. If you if you thought that much of him last year to make him the AAA manager, what and you thought enough of him <laughs> to to keep his mind, you know, in in around what did change. Um, and like you said, if they're firing him because they he doesn't fit the mold. Well, what mold doesn't he fit? Because right now the pirate's way is is lost, and <laughs> it's stubborn and it's stuck in 2014. Yeah, and it really is though. And it's like, well, so what are we doing here? So are we getting rid of everybody, or are we just getting rid of the people that don't buy into to the hurdle Huntington right now? Uh, I guess I'd call it the the brain trust at that end. So very intriguing. Uh, like I said, I'm not gonna we're not gonna you know I'm not gonna lose sleep over the Michael Ryan firing. Um, but I, I was surprised. I thought it's, you know, I think it sucks. I, I, I liked, you know, I, if, if Hurdle was to go and you went the younger route, I think Michael Ryan would have been a good guy to, um, you know, at least look at there, a good candidate for it. So, but doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So we'll see if he, you know, lands a, another managing job, like Corey was saying it somewhere in double A, um, possibly Akron, he was saying. But uh, <clears throat> we'll see if the Indians uh, bite on that and, and pick him up. But, Anyway, uh, interesting interview. Thanks again for Corey for coming on. And uh, that's pretty much it, Donardo. Um, yep, yep. I'm losing my voice over here already. What is it that you do? You've been carrying the show. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand. I get it. 
Oh yeah, you know, you know. Well, but, you've been carrying Twitter because I don't, I haven't watched a game in about a week. I don't tweet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we have two hits in this game uh, against the Giants right now, and none of them was Reynolds. And Keller has seven strikeouts, no walks, but five runs, nine hits allowed in five hell? innings. Google. Okay, Google. Stop. <laughs> so I was like, there's I was so like, is that our new? It's like, is that our new exit music? What is what is going on here? Yeah, we're not editing that out. We're gonna keep that in there. If you want the most <laughs> mediocre show you can have, <laughs> tune into oh, the North Shore Nine. I don't even know what 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 it heard me apparently say. I don't even know what it was playing. Uh, I was so lost I don't know. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought I was like, oh, Denardo's ready to shut the shit out. He Let's get his out of here. Uh, anyways, yeah. So to wrap this up, um, yeah, North Shore Nine Live this Thursday. Tune in. Um, I, I have a couple things uh, I think we're going to be announcing. So definitely tune in. And um, you know what we forgot to do at the beginning of the show, Ryan? So we'll make sure we do it at the end or the beginning of next show as well. How many how many bucks do I give? We're gonna, you know, we didn't do that either, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> so we'll give her two shout-outs, but we forgot. Shout out and thanks to Amanda. Oh yes, she uh, she subscribed to our Patreon this week, so we have to give her her shout-outs as uh, as mentioned. And thank you, Amanda. Thank you, everyone. Go follow her. She is at Amanda Jane three two one on Twitter. Yeah, she did subscribe to the Clemente package. We really do oh, appreciate that. Elite. Elite. She's she'll elite. Be, she'll be getting some t-shirts here in the near future. Possibly, what about a fidget possibly spinner? Possibly before the fidget spinner. So there's <laughs> that. <laughs> she's got that she's got that new job, new shift. Uh she she's balling. That's right. That's right. So yes, once again, we really appreciate do it. appreciate it. Uh so yeah, if you guys want, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash North Shore Nine. But more importantly, check out this show this Thursday, 10 p.m. on Twitch. It's going to be lit. And yep. um, that's pretty much all I have, Ryan. That is it. I got nothing. Nada. All right. Nothing left. We'll be out of here then? Yep. All Let's right. shut her down. Peace out. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>